About this time of year, we do something really special. It's called, uh, I'm sorry, really? Yeah. Um, we're, I'm told we're, we have breaking news. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome in episode 20 of the Grip City Golf Podcast. We're jumping right in this week, kind of an emergency pod, because I don't know if you've been noticing, but a few things are going on in the golf world. Andy Der Johnson, Eric Peterson, and joining us today is Jay Coffin. He's the president of Coffin Corner Media, longtime golf journalist. Jay, thanks so much for hopping on the pod. I want to start with something. I talked about it on the radio show today. It's a very vague question, but I'm curious. In the last 24 hours, the news, good or bad for the game of golf? Is indifferent an, an option? <laughs> sure, you can go either way. You can go in the middle of it. <laughs> well, I guess if you say it's a vague question, I guess I could give you a vague answer. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, it, it's, I think long-term, it's better for golf down the, down the road. But you know what I find is so weird? We're, what, 28 hours? I mean, whatever. We're day, day and a half past past the news breaking. And, and I feel like we just still or a little uneasy at everything that happened, right? You know, usually after a day or so, you kind of settle in and you, you start to have a little more feelings, you get a little more information. Well, in this case, there hasn't really been a lot more information and it's still just a lot of uneasiness. People are are queasy, pits in your stomach, don't know what it means. But, you know, I think ultimately what it means is, is the best players in the world at some point, whether it's next year or or past that, are going to play against each other more than just the four times a year during the majors. And I think ultimately that's going to be good for a golf fan. Jay, what did, what do you think was the primary reason the PGA Tour reversed course? I mean, because this was yeah. a complete 180, right? Um, yeah. But what is it that they said to themselves, we we have to do this? So I I don't know that they've admitted this publicly, and and, and I think they probably should, although – I don't know how they have, how they can. I think, I think there's two specific things. So if you, you sort of dip Jay Monahan in, in truth serum and how about Jay yesterday? I, I tweeted, I said, I think I, I think I moved up into Jay rankings today. <laughs> <laughs> a little one, one step higher. This Jay is a little higher than that Jay in the Jay rankings. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think it's, I think it's twofold. I think they had zero interest and opening up the books and going through any of this legal, they have zero interest for, for many reasons. First of all, they just don't really necessarily want anybody in their business, right? Which who does? Okay. Understandable. What's in there? What isn't? I don't know. I don't really particularly care, but it costs a lot of money. It was going to take forever. And even if you win, it's going to, it's going to cost a lot of money, right? So say this stuff went another three, four, five years. I mean, we're talking just tens, twenties, almost hundreds of millions of dollars to fight the good fight to be proven right. If just fact, ju- just in lawyers' right. fees, right? It's it's ridiculous. And I'm married to a lawyer, so trust me, it's costly. It's costly. <laughs> Speaking to a lawyer costs a lot of money. All right. So that's the first one. Second of all is this designated events model, while terrific and arousing success this year, right? You did get the best players on the PGA tour playing against each other more often, minus live, but it's still been pretty good. Memorial was pretty good. You know, they've they've all been really good. It's not sustainable in the long term for for money-wise. And and it's not really a big secret, but the tour has kind of foot the bill for some of the the bigger designated events this year and was going to have to next year and for the foreseeable future. So you have something like RBC this week or RBC also sponsors the Heritage in Hilton Head right? I mean, that's a $9 million purse. Now all of a sudden it was a $20 million purse. 
Well, a sponsor is not going to foot the extra $10 million. Ain't happening. And so while it's great that we're seeing all these great guys play for a lot of money, you're just to be able to roll in and ask FedEx to, to pony up another $100 million on top of what they're doing and some of the, all these other sponsors to pony up an extra $10 million each week, just not, not ever going to happen. And so I think it's a long answer to your short question, but I, I'm pretty positive that those are the two immediate things that I think were causing Jay Monahan a lot of angst. Well, and then on the other side of this too, I've seen a lot of people surmise and wonder, it, was this the end game of the, of the PIF all along? That the Live yep. Golf was just a crutch or a wedge to get into the system where they pin yep. the PGA Tour to what you're talking about between a rock and a hard place. And now there's even some, I mean, Rory talked about it today. He hopes Live goes away. There's this you yep. know, wonderment of if Live even is going to exist in a year from now. Uh, right. Is that your view of it? And by that method, I would imagine you would think that they they won in what they were trying to do. Yeah, I think so. And and that's what that's what's weird with this too. And it's hard to to kind of go back and try to picture what could have happened if things were differently. I mean, I think they just always wanted to Saudi Arabia always just kind of wanted a seat at the table. And now they they own the whole damn table. <laughs> it seems like, you know, by creating this tour, pulling these guys over, giving them tons of money, the tour coming and saying, whoa, this isn't going to work. Okay. Well, then we'll, we, they're now going to do what would have happened had they just talked on, on the front end. Right. And who's to say which way is which way is better. But I, Monahan said it. And you're right. Rory said it today. It makes me feel like live is almost virtually no longer. Um, I still don't understand how all of a sudden it's just going to go away. I mean, everything's going to play out the rest of their schedule this year. And, and, and as far as next year, though, Jay Monahan essentially said, whatever version of live there is, if there is one, will not run concurrently to a PGA Tour event. So there will not be two events, which, and, you know, if the tour is playing 40 events a year, where are you going to put live events? I mean, I'm just dumb at math, but if you do the math right there, it doesn't leave a lot of room for live. So, the, but there's, yeah, like you said, there's only so many weeks in a year. Do you think, Jay, that they will continue to, to operate somewhat independently? In other words, Brooks Kepka and Bryson and DJ are on this tour and yeah. the Tigers and the Rory's and the JT's of the world play on this yeah. tour. And then once in a while, they play head to head. This one, match. this one is what, it, what I don't want to say interests me most, but it interests me as much as, as the rest is that, is that question, right? What does happen? Um, and how do you how do you allow these guys who left back? How do you allow them to get back into the fold? Well, Rory how, said how does, earlier that he, that it's not going to be just like a hey, oh, this, nothing ever happened. I know that's that's what he that's what he said. And okay, I I, I mean he would know more than me, right? But 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 what what is that process even? Yeah. Is it is it literally a you know what, Phil, you were an enormous jerk. <laughs> you're going to have to wait two years and you're going to have to, you know, you know, uh, Louis Oosthuizen, you've kind of been a nice guy. Yeah. You didn't really say a whole lot. You're you know what, Patrick Reed, you've been a pain in our ass for a long time. It's going to be three years for you, yeah. but you know what, Dustin, you were really quiet. You just kind of <laughs> did your thing. And Harold Varner, you've been a nice guy. You said you were doing it for the money. Never heard it. Like, how do you do that? How do you, how do you do that? And then when you do, you know, because this thing has so many tentacles, right? Then once you do, let's say you do figure it out. Let's say you take the 48 guys and you figure out, you know, first of all, you know, like the Taylor Gooches and Kevin Nas and some of these guys that, you know, how, how do you just arbitrarily give them status 
And then the other guys that do have that had original status, that was major status. How do you bring them back in and push them ahead of guys that are the bottom feeders that are fighting for their tour cards? Right. So Mr. 120 in the world is all of a sudden now Mr. 135 because you put the other guys ahead. Like you can't you can't do that. You cannot put the toothpaste back into the tube. And that's what we're going to have to try to that's what we're going to watch them have to try to figure out over the next year and a half. Not to mention all those guys on those back ends of the rankings who are already f- probably feeling squeezed out because of the yes. top 50 designated yes. events. Now, like, hey, wait a minute. Now we're, yes. now we're widening this thing out even yes. more. What are the, what are the, you know, the, the, the players, 200 showing up at a tournament, what's going to happen? You, you would joke yes. about jumping in the J rankings. And I love that <laughs> joke because Jay Monahan <laughs> is kind of public enemy number one. But you also have relationship with players. And as you mentioned, you've done some PR. Yeah. So a two-parter on that one how much do you think he was screwed by this getting leaked and having to scramble and rush together for an announcement because it felt like they were caught off guard and not able to keep the players in the loop. And then on the other side of that, I mean, is there, it sounds like the players only meeting was a 90 to 10 negative to positive. Yeah. I, I, how, how much work is he going to have to do to sue this over with the PGA tour players? Yeah. A bunch. And, and I, you know, I'm, I'm with you on the, like how it all went down. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, you know, I read all the same stuff that, that you guys did on, you know, it felt like it was going to leak and that's why they needed to rush to get it on. But when, you know, I feel like I have an extra dose of common sense. All right. This is kind of a side question too. So, so if there's only like just X amount of common sense in the world, I feel like I have X plus whatever, which means one, there's one person in the world that has to have X minus whatever. Right. So sorry, that's just my, that's my little, my little tangent. But when I think about it, I don't know how they rushed this. How did they all get, how did they all, were they all able to get on TV and a guy over from Saudi Arabia, the governor of all the money, how were they able to plan all that and get on at 10 o'clock? Like, like that's not a surprise. That doesn't just happen. How do they get the airtime? How do they all get there in time? How do they like that? That, that would have to have been coordinated, was, right? It would have had to have been coordinated enough, you know, to, to make me think that maybe, this was planned. So, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's one thing right there. Um, so, you know, to your point about the meeting, yeah, it seems like it got pretty hairy. It seems like somebody told Rory to F off Grace and Murray. Um, you know, and that's, what's weird about that meeting too, back to your, back to your point there, that meeting has a lot of players who are the ones that are fighting for their tour cards. Right. So that's not like you it's not the same vibe as would be at a player meeting at the Memorial a week earlier where it's all the top guys who all have their money and all have their cards that are, are still probably going to be mad at the, at the commissioner, but for very, very different reasons than the ones in the, in the player room at the Canadian open. So I think those were just a little more frustrated with the unknown. They feel like they've got tossed around and, you know, this year, again, a lot more questions about how many of them, you know, how many places to play there will be for them. And now that there's more uncertainty, they're wondering the exact same thing. We already thought we were going to be able to play less next year. Now what happens when there's more money coming in? Is that more just for the top guys and less for us? Jay, there's, I know there's a lot more to learn about how the PIF's boatload yeah. of cash is going to ultimately benefit this new tour. Yeah. But what's, what specific things do you think would make the PGA Tour product better with an infusion of cash. I mean, I think the obvious answer would be higher purses, but right. I, I mean, as a fan, I'm, I'm not really more interested in the Memorial tournament. If the winner is 6 million versus I'm 3 million. You. And so like you've covered a lot of PJ tour events, 
What do you think about the events that could be made better if only they had more cash to throw at it? I think it's just, I, I think it's, when you talk about, you're right. I mean, how do you make the memorial better? I mean, you've got Jack Nicholas standing off the 18th, like it's a wonderful golf course. You know, they, there's a couple of holes. Like, how do you make some of these tournaments better? I, I know how they, you do it. The memorial, free um, milkshakes for everyone <laughs> at all times. Except for, except for just the media. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I mean, like, how, like, no, dude, that know, question, that's what like, I'm saying. And that's what, no, but I, I think to your point is that's what this, this move was to solidify the PGA tour, even though it doesn't really look like that, but it's to, to make the events better by guaranteeing that all these, these players play against each other more often than just the four times at the majors. I, it's the only thing I can think of. Right. So like, like this year, and is that what people are going to want to watch long term? So, like, the four majors are terrific this year, right? Because it's the only time they're all going to play together. Now, are we all going to watch as much as we watch the Masters now 20 times a year because Brooks Kepka and DJ and all those guys are playing against Rory? And, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's the only way to make them, make them better to a fan is to make them more competitive. And the only way you do that is to guarantee to have the bigger names together. I don't know. I mean, it's a great question. I mean, it's another big, just to add it to another big question mark. And to me, honestly, it was the biggest bummer of the whole thing originally was that when you love a sport and it felt like the PGA Tour was in the best spot it had ever been. And then yeah. you siphon off all these elite players, not to mention the fact that it felt like every single villain was lost from the PGA Tour. Like there's True. nobody really to hate on the PGA 100%. Tour anymore other than 100%. Cantlay because he plays too slow. And now you 100%. get all these other guys that are coming back and it adds to the drama. And then there's this whole new entity that is yet to be named that we yep. still need to figure out. I, yep. I mean, how, how do we envision this? Is it an international series? Are we thinking team events? That's how they keep that going because it didn't seem to really, when you watch the live events, the team thing didn't really draw fans. And so right. if they continue with that, I'm just curious your thoughts on how you can, how, how the PIF is going to make that something that is another part of the golf calendar that we're eagerly awaiting. Right. I do think you're, I do think there's going to, it's going to, there's going to have to be an international section of the schedule. And this is what's interesting too, right. Is how long have we heard, you know, the top players just bitching about having to play in the fall. Well, now that's the only place that's the only place there's space in a golf calendar opposite of the PGA tour as it currently exists. Right. So in, in the PGA tour schedule, look, look, let's, let's admit, I mean, the way it is right now, it flows nicely. Right. I mean, you start out in Hawaii and then you go to California and then you come to Florida and then you go up to Georgia and then it's warm everywhere. And then, I mean, it's like a nice, it is a nice schedule. Yeah. I mean, it flows nicely. You know, how much do they really want to disrupt that to be able to just stop and fly it? There's going to have to be in a multiple events in Saudi Arabia. I mean, are there not <laughs> going to have to be multiple events? I, I don't know. Haven't heard that, but I don't feel like I'm breaking any news here. Um, aren't you going to have to play a couple times over there to, to you know, to, to feed the mouse that are feeding you? I feel like, yes. So are those all in the fall? And now you're still going to, now you're going to have 20, 25 times that all these guys have to play together where all the live guys you said originally, they only wanted to play together 12 to 14 times. I do think that that's going to be interesting. I don't think it's going to be messy. I think, you know, there are a lot of smart people that are going to, going to figure it out, but I just don't know how everybody gets everything that they want. And, and you're right. You know, this, this was made a big deal. And Jay Monahan's the CEO of whatever this new entity is. Right. But you know who the chairman is, is the dude from Saudi Arabia. <laughs> so, 
Jay Monahan actually, ha- while he has a little bit of control, he has a boss. And his boss in this is the guy that has the money. And the guy that has the money is not from the PGA Tour side or from the United States. Yeah. Jay, it feels like we're going toward a super tour where yeah, a world, we're, it's a world, true world tour. But, and not, not only a world tour. Because I mean, to, the only counter I would have to your point about putting these events in Saudi and Australia and, or, and globally, the only counterpoint I would have to that and, and how that's this new path forward is they've already sort of done that with WGC events. I mean, no, right, so right. it's not totally uncharted territory. They'd figure out a way right. to fit all that in. But everybody wasn't forced to go to all those events. Exactly. Yeah. Now it would be like everybody, you know, I mean, there, the WGC match play used to be in Australia. And they used to go down to about 130 in the rankings because the top 60 guys go, <laughs> I ain't going over there to get blown out in one round and fly back. Yeah. But if there's this kind of guaranteed money, they'd be guaranteed to go there. Fans would be nuts and TV ratings would probably be better is, is the only is your point. The only issue with TV ratings being higher is that I'm not I'm not watching the tournament when it's at four in the morning or whatever in Australia. And I'm not watching nope. it on tape delay. Sleep, so, sleep but, is way but, more important. But do you think though kind of I mean, I understand where you're going with the global part of it and events at, at all these different corners of the globe. But so it seems to me like that's going down this path of there being this super tour of it, like an elevated above the PGA tour. Do you think that that's where this is going, that now the, the high level PGA tour events will will elevate into this super tour and the the mid to lower tier current PGA tour events, the John Deere classics of the world would be sort of relegated down to this underneath tour or do you think it's all going to be melded I, yeah. together as one? I think they hope to meld it all together as one. I don't know how that can happen. There's right? only 52 so weeks a, in a year. That's what was my point earlier is I don't know how everybody can get what they want, right? I don't know how you migrate all the live players back into the PGA tour and have a super tour and have it also care after Mr. 115 on the money list. I don't think it can happen. Well, certainly um, like at the, the first year, it would be, you know, how do you, how do you invite that first cluster of people, whatever that number is, that would be really hard. I mean, obviously when you get three right. years, five years into it, the rankings kind of handle themselves. And then I think it bears the question then of who does get to play on that super tour and do people get relegated similar to like European sure. soccer? Sure. Like, yeah. um, so I, that part will be confusing to, to work out, but I do think that right. it'll eventually flesh itself out. My mind just goes to it seems like there's going to be this super elevated tour and how do they decide not only the yeah. players that get to play in that, yeah. but the tournament that get to be the host well, of those events. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a good point. And this is, this is one more thing too. And, and it, it sort of answers your question, but it's something else to think about is that I think, uh, look, I, I see them staying at traditional places, right? They're going to go to Bay Hill. They're going to go to the Memorial. They're going to go to Riviera. I mean, the tour's the tour not going to go to Riviera. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, I see them probably trying to start in Hawaii, doing things like that, Colonial, whatever that is. But I do think, too, we have to – there's going to be some relearning, and everybody uses reimagining and all that stuff, which I hate. I, I freaking hate that. But – to, to the point where you asked about, you know, why are we in this situation in the first place? Well, it's because the sponsors aren't pon- ponying up the money that they need in order to support the players that they need. I think we have to sort of wash it out of our brain the way the tour currently exists. There's going to be a lot of events, maybe many, several events that kind of just aren't there anymore, that didn't have the original corporate support that are at golf courses that maybe aren't as very good. Or that maybe that just all this new influx of Saudi money just comes in, could either elevate one or it can make it just go away and go somewhere else. 
So you know what I mean? So we're, we're so ingrained like you, like, like, you know, the three of us are so ingrained because the PGA schedule has essentially been pretty similar our entire lives. There was a fall, the player moves from May to March and, you know, all that stuff. Right. But the Memorial has been, the Memorial has been there for that long. The majors have been where the major, that's where it's been for so long. So it's almost virtually impossible for us to envision what a tour would look like with all these big players, because we can't stop thinking about, Oh, well, after, then after Florida, they go to the Masters. And then after the Masters, they stay in the South. And then they go over to Texas. Like, we can't get around that. But I don't, I'm not sure that that's the way it's going to be anymore. It's such a good point, the way that the schedule flows. I love it. And it's like it's like a clockwork. Every year, you know, yeah. okay, we're at this point in the calendar. This tournament's yes. coming up, or we're going yep. off of this one. We all know, though, Jay, that this is all just about growing the game of golf. So what do you think? Oh, are, we yeah. growing, are we growing the game yeah. of golf in this initiative? We're, 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 growing, we're growing the uh, bank accounts of those who <laughs> play the game of golf. I, I mean, I, I hate that, too. I know you have to say it. But, God, man, I hate it. Just say it's about the money. Or just don't say anything. Like I don't, you don't have to, you don't have to say it. I mean, Bryson DeChambeau went on, you know, TV last night and was talking about how you know all the Saudis have changed and they're trying to do better. <laughs> this is about growing. And while he's sipping his energy drink because of product placement, and I'm like, <laughs> dude, put a sock in it. I mean, hello, Mister Self Awareness. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> I mean, dear God, was that not so cringy? The guy's making $100 million guaranteed from the Saudis that he needs a little extra cash on the side to chug an energy drink while live on CNN. Yes. And then the anchor, who I love, uh, not to call her out, you know, calls Jay Monahan Pat Monahan. Yeah. He's the lead singer of Train, right? I mean, well, for, <laughs> I mean, it was, talk about Train, Train Wreck. Oh, God. It was a disaster. So, I mean, Jay, I, Jay, speaking of uh, saying in the, the vein of TV, I, I want to ask you, as someone who used to work for a television network, just your opinion on, how the TV part of this could be involved. I, I thought it was a little bit interesting reading between the lines. I was wondering the announcement was on CNBC, if that had yeah. some sort of implication to it. But then my mind kind of went to, is there a potential path for this new tour to maybe just break away from network television altogether and form their own streaming platform? I mean, we all know yeah. about how the way core cutting me. is going. And I'm just yeah. curious, like, do you think there's enough people around the world now that it's going to be more of a global initiative that would pay... 200 bucks a year for the, the streaming for PGA tour events. Do you yeah, think that that's yeah. in the cards? It wouldn't surprise me at all because, you know, it's, we know the Saudis have enough money, right. And they're going to want to control as much of the revenue as they can. And that's one way to be able to do it. So I don't know. I mean, I think we're a couple years away from that. I don't know what all the golf channel contracts are this year, but you know, somebody can write a check and get out of, get out of all that. But, but if we're talking about, being able to create a super tour, a world tour, a super world tour, whatever we, you know, whatever that let's, let's name that. Let's just take a couple of minutes right now to name this new ent entity. The super the duper tour. Yeah. 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 SDT. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, Eric, to your point is I think, you know, there, there's not going to be any lack of interest in whatever it ultimately becomes. Right. So whether they think they can make the most money, make more money by selling the rights to various networks, you know, we know who they're all, they're all going to be, or just say, forget that and create their own service and be able to do it all and just recoup all that revenue themselves. I can pr almost promise you whatever dollar figure is higher, whichever bucket is probably which way they're going to go. Right. Oh, 100%. Totally. Uh, are you, you know, I, part of me in the last day or so has been, 
I, surprise isn't the right word, but it, it's been interesting to see how much attention this story has gotten on national news. I mean, you bring up the CNN piece. Yeah. It was it was a major thing. I mean, CNBC, yeah. outside of the interview with Jay and the PIF governor, I mean, they were leading A blocks with this yeah. all day. I mean, I, just, yep. I, it, I mean, does that speak to the controversy around it for you? Does that speak to the popularity of the game combination of all? Because it's been kind of, I mean, that's the, at least the positive in this for me is that there's, there's a lot of eyeballs on the sport right now. There are. And it was, you're right. It led every sports, you know, talk. It led, you know, all, all the, the national news and, and everything. I think the controversy is what draws you there, but you're right. Then they get to talk about golf and maybe that's not necessarily you know, the whole thing. There's no such thing as bad publicity, which I, I disagree with. Um, but it, it at least gets you in the door. It gets you talking about, you know, the potential to be able to have all these great things together. But any, but but in the states, anyways, right? Anything Saudi Saudi money is going to get is it's just it's a topic. Yeah, it, it, it's a topic. It, it is because it just it just brings such emotion and such passion for one way or another. They're trying to do better, or you know, you you've had you know these nine nine eleven. You know, you 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 had a family member that you lost or somebody that you lost because of that, and it's just. There's just all these ties and it just stirs so many emotions. And so when you get that a American sports professional league that happens to be golf is now partnering with the one organization they vowed never to partner with, that's going to make enormous news. If it was, it doesn't, if it was, you know, squash or cricket, like if, if just those two concepts, right. Major longtime professional sports organization is merging with Saudi Arabia, a nation they said they would never do business with. It's a, big, it's a big deal. Well, I don't think we can have a conversation about the national golf scene without talking about the big cat. Jay, I'm curious <laughs> what you think is going through Tiger's mind right now. Because I don't think we've heard anything from him, which we isn't surprising, not. but I'm just curious what you th- where his head is at. We have not. And I think he's probably pretty happy to not be <laughs> tournament ready to have to sit there. And I, I would sense being around him enough, I sense that he would probably be probably sound a little similar to Rory. Not, not as many sound bites as Rory. I mean, Rory today basically came out and said, I still hate live. Yeah. Which I thought was terrific. It's literally what he said. He said, I feel like I still feel like a sacrificial lamb. I'm sitting there. I'm like writing this down. I'm like, Oh my God, this is, this is just, I mean, the guy, like every other word was a headline and I thought he was really, really good. Now I don't expect tiger to, to be as uh as, as headline friendly, but I, I sense that he will continue to tow the company not line, whether he sort of truly believes it or not to buy him time. Right. I still think I'm still not sure how long Jay, Jay Monahan is for the, for the tour. And I just don't know how you can, whether ultimately it works out or, or not. And obviously I hope it does. Right. I've been golf made a living in golf since 1997. You know, it's not like I hope this thing falls on its face. I hope it it works itself out. I don't love it. Um, I, I think it's kind of ugly. It happened quicker than I thought. I was kind of thinking Liv was going to go away in a couple of years when they got sick of spending the money and the tour was going to like, I just sort of had all these things and this popped up and and here we are. But I sense that Tiger would probably be similar to Rory in that like, look, don't love how it went down. Um, I found out at the, can you can you imagine that? Like Rory and Tiger, found out about 10 minutes before we found out are you kidding me here's a text message hey by the way you now work for the saudis in what world greg norman we found out about the same time that greg norman found out like in what world in what world does that happen that is and nothing is kept a secret anymore 
Nothing is kept a secret. Yeah, you thought that'd be a Woj bomb or something like that. Something, something. There's nothing yeah. out there, man. It was wild. Wow. Well, this this is all a big ruse to get you on to talk about what it was like to be Eric Peterson's boss at the Golf Channel. <laughs> what was uh, what was EP like as it's as a, an employee? It's a young, wet behind the ears guy. He, uh, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a career it's a professional career highlight. I have it on my resume that I was Eric Peterson's supervisor at one oh, time. We on. went and had barbecue on Fridays. Um, you remember the list where we had to call somebody Dave during the year, during the day? You remember we had we had some office dares that we had office office dares where you know you just had to go call some random person Dave, <laughs> whose name was not Dave. Things like I mean, it was our early years. We were young, dumb, and stupid, but we had a good time. My one of my favorite memories, Jay, from strictly <laughs> from a work related thing was doing scoring for the masters, but we didn't yes. have like a direct line into the live scores. So we had yes. to do it manually with walkie talkies and yes. <laughs> it just felt so schlocky, but it was so fun. I love stuff like yeah. that. Is that a four or five, four or a four or six, four? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> this doesn't add up to 72. Yeah. So, many, so many good memories, man. And like, the, I mean, those wow. were the early days of golfchannel.com when it first yeah. started to really launch. And yeah. I like to say it was because of your leadership, but maybe, maybe well, not. Maybe it was Tiger. Uh, I don't know. No, you can say it. You can say it. That's all right. You can he's say clicked. it was because of me. He's the number one J now. It has to be because of That's Jay right. Coffin. He's, he's, he's a the top. J ranking. Well, yeah. I, I knew that I appreciate you coming on. I was thinking about <laughs> and talking with yesterday with Dirt about doing an emergency pod because every golf pod has to do an emergency pod around this, right? Yeah. Even though yeah. we're a, a Portland golf pod. But I was thinking about like who would come on and, and we've had Will Gray on who, you know, and, and yeah. um, I just knew he wasn't going to come on and tell us anything scandalous. No, no. It might get him in trouble, but I'm like, who would, who doesn't have a boss who, that might get mad at what he's yeah. going to say? And I'm like, or, or who is just dumb, who is just dumb enough to put his foot in his mouth and say something stupid. No, I knew you'd say yes. I appreciate it. It was perfect. Jay Coffin. He's the president of Coffin Corner Media, longtime golf journalist. And at one point, the boss of Eric Peterson, which yeah. is the number one thing on his, on his resume. On top of the Jay list, Jay, thanks so much for hopping on the pod, man. That was fun. All right, fellas. Take care. All right, EP. Well, Jay was awesome, man. I, you know, hey, being, being the boss of Eric Peterson can't be an easy gig, but he, it was a great person to bring on who's been around golf for a long time. And, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I was live on the air when the news broke. And I had a, a buddy text me a, a tweet from a, like, random PGA Tour, you know, instructor. And it was like, I'm getting rumblings that the PGA Tour and Live are about to merge. And I've, I read the tweet during a commercial break, and I thought, oh, bullshit. Not, like, no chance. And I was legitimately typing back to him, like, There's, I'll believe it when I see it, when Swag says to me, hey, check a tweet from CNBC. And I'm like, huh? Pull up Twitter. And there, I just, I was shocked. I mean, what was your reaction and what went through your mind when you saw one of the more fundamental changes in the game of golf that we've seen in a long time? Yeah, I think part of what was so shocking about it was that it was out of nowhere. There was yeah. no rumblings, like you were saying, that you got five minutes before. There was nothing like the previous day or Sometimes when things happen, whether it's a coaching hire or uh, just when big things tend to happen in, in the sports orbit in general, that you feel like the storm clouds sort of start to set in. But with this, it was just out of nowhere. And that, that to me was the thing that made it the, that my reaction was the strongest was just because of that simple fact is that it was out of nowhere. Yeah. And I, I think that there's, there's a lot more to learn. There's a lot more decisions that still need to be made. I mean, hell, the the statement that Fincham sent to players, it refers to it as a framework agreement. And 
upon execution of a definitive agreement, the board of directors, it has to be approved by the PGA Tour policy board. So there's still some things that need to happen. And hey, I'm not a mergers and acquisitions attorney, but last time I checked, sometimes mergers don't end up actually going through. <laughs> so there's that chance too. It's not like they made an announcement that this is happening and the first event is the week after the US Open. There's still some things that I think need to come to light. Decisions probably that not only are they not public so that people like you and I know, but there are decisions that they don't even know what the answer is. So yeah. I think give it a few weeks, give it a couple months. And, and I think then we'll have a much clearer idea of what the next chapter looks like. Well, and we got into it there with Jay of, and you kind of bringing up the, the super league idea. I think that's the most complicated part is there's this new entity that will be run by the governor of the PIF and nobody has any clue what that means, what it looks like. Because one of the thoughts that I had initially was, and, and we could have asked Jay about this, but basically, you know, what, what does this do, if anything, for Portland's chances of hosting a PGA Tour event? Because there was that fear that Pumpkin Ridge was blacklisted for working with Liv and would that ever happen? And then I, I thought yesterday, hey, that's kind of cool. Maybe they're off that list and they can get to a point of hosting that. But then you think about, as we were talking about with Jay, what the schedule might look like. I mean, where where are you going to go? There might be PGA Tour events that are lost in the in the process of this for international events or team events or things in Saudi Arabia, Australia, or Japan. There's only so going. much time. I mean, there's I mean, only 52 weeks. The, the, the calendar is already really full. Exactly. And you have PGA tour events starting on January 1st until the end of September, essentially. And then you go into the Ryder cup. Like it's just, so I, that was the excitement and then disappointment of, I don't know if this is going to impact us at all uh, in, in the city of Portland. Let me ask you what I asked Jay, because I, I think I've, I think I've crystallized my opinion on it, but do you think this is good or bad for golf? I think it's good for golf. And yeah. again, there's still information that needs to come out, but I think it's good for golf. And people maybe think, well, what define golf? Like, is it good for golf? Like some people might think of little kids learning the game at Eastmoreland junior camp. Like, is this good for that? I mean, the, the distance between those two is so big that it, I don't know if, if that's a fair question, but I do think that Think about one of the people who was one of the greatest things to ever happen to golf, and that's Tiger Woods, right? Well, he was he played professional golf, and the reason why he inspired so many people to play and, and brought so much exposure to the game was because of what he was doing at the highest level of golf, on, at, at the professional level. And so it stands to reason, therefore, that if the professional golf ranks are made better, it will make those kids growing up learning the game, the grassroots things would sort of benefit from the trickle down of that. And so that's where I go to whether no matter how big or small, whatever your definition of golf is, I think that if professional golf is made better, if more people can see it, more people are inspired by it, that it will trickle down and be better for golf as a whole, in my yeah. opinion. I view it too through the lens of the fan. And for me, I just, I want to see the best players in the world competing on the same courses as often as possible. And that to me has always been the biggest disappointment to live. It's not where the money's coming from or the controversy behind it. It's, I hate that Brooks Kepka doesn't, but yeah, I don't get to see him at the players championship or Cameron Smith or Phil with all the tournaments that he's won or DJ like I, that to me as a fan sucks. And so if this gets us to a point where that's a more regular thing week in and week out, and it's back to where the tour was with bigger prizes or different tournaments here or there, what, they'll figure all that out. But if we can get back under one umbrella as a fan, I'm all for it. I don't care how you had to get there. It was a lot of controversy, a lot of noise, and 
a lot of outrage, but if we get back to a point where the PGA tour is strong, I'm, I'm all for it as a golfer. Let me ask you this dirt. What is the biggest question that is currently unanswered that you're really interested to know what the answer is going to be? I think the biggest question for me is what is going to happen with live and what is going to happen with live players? Cause Rory legitimately said this morning and Jay Monahan hinted to it as well yesterday. Like they, there is a belief amongst the elites in the PGA tour that live golf is going to go away. And it makes sense. Like why would the Saudis continue to pay for a league that doesn't produce revenue that doesn't garner television ratings that brings them literally nothing now that they own the entire thing. They don't need their dog and pony show over here. They're now in the door and they have a seat at the table. So where, how does that look? How does to, to Jay's point earlier, like, how do those guys get back on tour if Live Golf does go away? Is there a fine? Is there a, do you have to go through Q school again? Like, how does all that play? How do you just slot them back into their old world rankings when they haven't been earning the points? That to me is the biggest question of what, 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 what happens with Live? What happens with his players? And how long does it take? Because I do believe the league will go away. How long does it take to enroll those guys back into the PGA Tour? Because I think that's ultimately where we're headed. I do actually like your idea of a super league. And I think as a fan, I, I think I would dig it. You give me the top 50 players week in and week out at big, you know, big events. And then maybe the, you know, plus or minus 10 or 15 get dropped down or brought up every single week relegation style. I, I think you can entice me like that as a golf fan. One of the big unanswered questions in my mind is the team element. I mean, yeah, it seems to me like the team element and Jay mentioned this, that it's just kind of been a joke, right? The logoed hats. You and I were in the merch tent at the LIV event at pumpkin, like, no one, no one was buying that merch and they, they even wore it at the mass at the majors, you know, and you saw him look wearing it like Sergio and it's just a joke. Right. But I, I do think that there's potentially something there with the team element. And I mean, there was a rumor, maybe this was, this was just fake news, but Kepka and Nike were talking about doing like Nike buying his team for $2 billion or something. I don't know if you saw that tweet and it was probably just a bunch of baloney, but it got me thinking, even if that was totally fake of you could get racing like F1 racing where you have, and even NASCAR where you have teams that are bought by a sponsor, they fund it. And then those teams operate as a unit and they go out and race cars individually, but they're all part of the same team. I just wonder if there isn't something there that could be wildly different than the setup now that would be better for golf. Cause I, I was just thinking about what are some of the other things that the PGA tour as it is now could be made better if, if only there was more cash infused into it. And, and I just don't know what that is other than something totally different, like some sort of team element or something. I'm all for the team thing as long as it's not an every week thing. Like that, that's where you look like if like last week at the Memorial, if you're trying to tell me as Denny McCarthy is making great par save after great par save and then blowing it on 18 and losing in a playoff that I should also care that Victor Hovland's teammate seven holes earlier got a bogey on the 13th. Like I just, I, that does nothing for me, but it, I think on your point of the umbrella of the new entity, if you want to do team golf in that, like go for it, man, you want to go play overseas and have fun and have these guys link up. Like, that, that to me is totally fine. I just, I think as a, from a golf standpoint of all the sports out there, you can argue golf is probably the, the most stuck in their ways and the most purest of any out there. And I just, you're just going to have a really hard time. I think selling that week in and week out that Rory should be rooting for Dustin Johnson, that, but they're competing in the same tournament, but they're on the same team, but 
what if they're one and two on the leaderboard? Are they happy if the other guy birdies? Like I just, it's an individual sport. I think you can tie in team stuff occasionally, but I, you'll lose me if it's week in and week out. It's kind of like when you're playing just with your buddies on a Saturday, if there's some sort of team element, but then you also have side action with other people within yeah, the game. Yeah, so yeah. Like to your point of <laughs> you're, you want them to make birdie, but you also don't at the same time. And that's part of why when bets are being established on the first tee, I just kind of step away and I'm like, I'm in one of these games, but not both because I don't want to be in a situation where I want you to make that six footer, but I actually don't. And just the mental gymnastics I would be playing. I mean, and so I, but to your point about like at the Memorial, they would have to make that team element such that a, you know, as a fan, what you're looking at and what you're, what you want to have happen. Cause that's part of what's so fun about watching sports, right? Is there's an outcome that you want to have happen you're invested in it. And if you're watching it with any shred of confusion or uncertainty about what it is that you'd like to see happen, I, I think it dilutes the product. So that is though, the, the, the only thing I can think of, and that, mm-hmm. I'm curious to see if there is an opportunity for some sort of franchise model where these franchises are then all of a sudden for sale to again, back to like NASCAR or, or heck like soccer teams. And, and really, as I'm saying this dirt, like any team, like in the NBA, NFL, like there's totally. teams that are, that are that have an ownership group and they have players on the team. Is there a model uh, in golf that could sort of dovetail off of that in some way without being super cheesy? I don't know what the answer is, but I am curious to see if they go through the discovery of that, what is the end result of it? That was Liv's, I think, ultimate goal to try and make some money in the short term. Is they were going to try and take those teams, and to your point, I don't know about the Kepka Nike thing, if that was true, but that was their ultimate goal was here are your teams. Now, you know, MasterCard is going to buy this team and own this team and they'll wear that logo and they own there's, it. There's a valuation to Exa- it. Exactly. And you could trade players to other teams. We want to trade Brooks Kepka for Sergio Garcia. And so, I mean, that was their ultimate plan. So maybe there, there is something there. I don't want to bury the league too much uh, here on this emergency pod. I love that we're calling that, even though we were going to do a pod this week either way. Um, and that is, what do you make of my sexy uh, shot, tracer tech, uh, shot tracer technology? Are you in? I love what you're doing. I saw the the driving distance of what was it, 282. I need to see that backed up by an authoritative third party. <laughs> I had somebody that I posted that on Twitter, and somebody responded, "I'm going to need to see the TrackMan data on this." Okay, I need to see some what was your speed. spin rate? <laughs> what was your ball speed off the <laughs> off the club phase? So yeah, I got new shot tracer technology. Go find it on social media. Videos uh, coming near you. And last but not least. We got out and played golf last week, EP. At a course that I had never played. Uh, I got you out to Persimmon. What would you make of it? Do you enjoy it? And it was, I, I had fun, man. We didn't play golf in like two years. Yeah, seriously. There were a lot of things to like about it. And the weather was perfect. I thought that the golf course was was awesome. The greens were just, I, I mean, they were, they were perfect. I mean, there wasn't anything about them that they, they were fast, but they weren't too fast. They, they weren't super hard. They were fair. I thought that the views were amazing. What is it? The that par three is it 12? 12. Where you're yeah. looking back, Mount Hood is basically your your aim point. I mean, that's one of the prettiest views, certainly in the Portland metro area. I knew yeah. so little about that place, and I'm glad that I did know so little now afterward because I didn't know what to expect, and I just went to go tee it with with you in the sun. You know, that's all I knew was going to happen, and the rest was kind of we'll see how it goes and. I had, I had a great time, and Persimmon is an awesome place. We played a lone wolf game. Sprague ended up winning on the 18th hole, and uh, you, you fell just short by a point. I was eliminated on 17, but we had a great time out there. It was fun to have you out. 
And I will say just not even just a persimmon, but as a golf as a whole, I've noticed it at every course I played this, this is the, like, we are in the, the creme de la creme right now where it's not quite hot enough where courses aren't baked out. Greens are still receptive, but it's, it's warm enough dry. Like I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm living in heaven three times a week right now playing golf because I, this is, these are the premier conditions that you're going to get all summer. And we're not super distracted by football on the horizon. It's still kind of too far in the distance to worry about. <laughs> right, and so right. we're totally focused. There's really nothing else going on. The Blazers are long gone out of the playoffs. It's just, <laughs> right. it's like all of our focus can be in one place. And I agree with you. This is the perfect time of year. Well, it was great to get out. It was great to get you out to Persimmon. Next week, uh, we will have another episode next week because it's U.S. Open week. And uh, one, Eric Peterson has played L.A. Country Club. So hold the thoughts on what you thought of it. I'm excited to hear about about the course. I don't know much about L.A. Country Club, so excited for that. We're working on a local guest next week. And uh, so we will have a new episode, episode 21, coming out next week. But had to do one today. The golf world has been turned upside down on its head. We're trying to make sense of it just like you are. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, everybody. Make sure to download uh, each episode of the podcast or subscribe to it so it automatically downloads for you and give us a a like and a review. We always appreciate those. And you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Next time at U.S. Open Week, for Eric Peterson, I'm Editor Johnson. I'm still driving. I ain't slowing down. There's rules I love to break and bend Mistakes I've made again and again But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around I hit it hard, man So far, man No laying up, no holding back Ain't afraid of nothing, it's a natural fact I hit it long, man Till it's gone, man Keep taking chances, living large People would have given up by now All the rough I've seen, these ups and downs Somehow I just keep on playing through